The huge ball, bigger than a man's head, had smashed full into the group clustered about the Saker, and now they lay on the torn ground, their skulls blasted by the impact, or their bodies mangled by the flying iron splinters from their shattered gun. A cheer went up from the towers, and the woman called Red Sonia yelled with sincere joy into the steps of a Cossack dance. Shadow of the Vulture, Robert E. Howard Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rogues in the House. Tonight, we are diving into the topic of Red Sonia. With me, as always, as I choke, <laughs> is uh, Matt and Logan. What's up, guys? How are we doing? I'm alive. I'm, I'm alive. That's good. Yeah. Life is, uh, is the essence of life. We live in a nightmarish hellscape, and <laughs> just surviving. Well, you always did, right? Yeah, that's true. Always <laughs> did. Um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> and how's the land of sunshine and rainbows over in Canada? Well, I'm on the east coast of Canada, uh, Nova Scotia, and I'm pretty sure we're the only place in North America that's uh, literally COVID-free at the moment. Wow. Oh, like, no way. Zero no, cases. I didn't know that. Actually, we had zero, and there's one um, There's one that's just kind of lingering and traced. And, yeah, we've been – I think we've had it the best of any place in North America, period. That's uh, good. Except if you, get one, if you get one, your counts go up by 100%, though. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and I'm actually recording live from my parents' basement. Yay! Oh, that's <laughs> my, yeah, I'm at my folks' place for because uh, my house is a little wild at the moment with um, a bunch of kids in it, so I couldn't record and be there at the same time. So oh, oh, I didn't realize that you, yeah. you took that approach. Good for you. Yeah, no, came down here. Got some, mom made me some soup and uh, you know stealing their beer. It's awesome. All right. Yeah. It's uh, it's starting to get up. Uh, it's starting to get dark around our parts these days, though, huh? Getting pretty yeah. dark pretty early. Yeah, it is in these northern climes. That's I mean, right. It's going to be six months of pitch blackness. That's right. That's when the vampires come out. Yeah. Cool movie that. Thirty Days a Night. You ever watched yeah. that? It is a good yeah. movie. Underrated yeah. vampire movie. Yeah. yeah. Never. I didn't read the comic, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a cool. No, I haven't movie. either. Yeah. But it's good. We're getting into Halloween season, so it's good that we got our vampire reference yeah. in there right about That's now. That's right. Spooky season is on its yep. way. We'll have to start to think of a Halloween show. Yeah. Do you oh, guys yeah. think? Do you guys think you're going to have Halloween in your necks of the woods? Um, America, we have rights, and you can't take that away from us. <laughs> yeah, but like you could kill people from trick or treating because you're as a, as a parent, I am hesitant for sure. Yeah, but yeah. What, what we may do is, as a compromise, is we may have an outdoor gathering with a, a showing. Maybe like I was talking about getting maybe like a projector, mm -hmm. projecting on our garage doors, um, and showing a movie and having candy kind of out there for the kids. Disney uh, Plus has Hocus Pocus. That's a classic. Yeah, we just my... watched that recently. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like trick or treating at this. I mean, maybe it's because I'm old and haven't trick or treated in like 30 years, but uh, I feel like that's just only one piece of it. You know, like Halloween yeah, is a for sure. It's a feel. It's a vibe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you can't take that away from me. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to be able to tell that to a 10-year-old, though. No. no I actually true. haven't seen trick-or-treaters for years. I have never gotten a trick-or-treater to my apartment or my house in my adult life. Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. I always have candy, and then I have yeah. to eat it, and I gain 10 pounds. <laughs> my yep, my I, daughter was like really concerned because she really wants to trick or treat, and I'm like, that is like the safest thing we could be doing around here. Like we I don't know. have any cases, but also, like you can distance that easily. And yeah, and you're wearing a mask already. You're wearing a mask already. It's like <laughs> I think, the way I think it's packing the us into like, schools. Like I'm not it's the fear of the touching of the candy, though. Like that's like it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's the hands I mean, on everything. You just take it, you pop it in a bag, and you don't touch it for two days. I know yeah. that's tough, but like yep. even yeah. that doesn't that doesn't seem to be a way you even catch this. Uh, in, in theory, too, you can actually get rid of the bag and just provide fresh candy to your child as well, if you, if you really wanted to, right? Yeah, you yeah. just be like, here, here's you can't have that candy, but here's all the Snickers bars you can imagine. Yeah, or even put that candy in a drawer for a week. I mean, yeah. come on, fine. It's it's We're scientists, candy. we know. We know. Yeah, we know. We watched it on YouTube. Kanye told me, just after he told me, the world was flat. Okay, so, legit. All that's Poor. true. Poor Kanye. Send help to that poor man. That yep. poor man. Yeah. Anyways, this is not the, not the Kanye podcast for sure. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Spinal Tap, what is it? David St. Hubbard says something to the effect of, I believe everything I read, which makes me uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more selective. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, man, I got to rewatch that. That's a That's great, a great movie. movie. One of my favorites. Yeah. All so, right, well, should we do this? Should we move into a Bazaar of the Bazaar? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right, who wants to be bizarre first? Go down. <laughs> uh, I don't care. I'll go first. I never go first, do I? You never go no, first. You don't. Go, I'll go, go first. Um, I got all, I mean, shoot, it's been so long since we've, you know, we're not recording in high frequency here, and, you know, apologies to everyone, but we, we're busy, and, you know, we'll do this when we can. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a bunch of things, but uh, I'll just touch on what's most recently on my mind is um, Raised by Wolves, um, an HBO Max show. Uh, I don't know who the writer is, but uh, Ridley Scott directed, I think, the first three episodes. And I'm only two episodes deep. Um, and it's awesome. I've like heard good things. Yeah, it's super cool sci-fi. Like... I wouldn't say any one concept about it is, uh, you know, original, but we don't really usually get hung up on things that are very original, but it's the salad that they've made with all of these things and the seasonings that they put in there that just make it uh, super rad. So, I mean, it should come up no surprise that Ridley Scott is interested in a show about artificial intelligence and uh, androids. Um... And I feel like he's, I don't know, whatever's happening here is somewhat more interesting and has more time to breathe than some of his more recent uh, efforts like Covenant and Prometheus. Mm -hmm. Let me say for the record, I really do like those films, despite people really hating some, them in some cases. I like um, Prometheus. I, I, I thought it was I, good. Um, I actually like Covenant. Covenant was fine. I like Covenant better um, the more I watch and, and it really is a film that's kind of grown on me and things that did bother me no longer do. But I love the David character and I would watch endless movies with him and watch him evolve. But Raised by Wolves is uh, definitely 
playing with that sort of artificial intelligence malfunctions and then what, you know? Um, it's got aspects of Terminator. Um, it's raising questions about religiosity versus atheism um, to kind of interesting effects so far. Uh, I don't, you know, I think there's like seven episodes out. I've only watched the two. But I'm definitely intrigued enough to keep going to uh, to keep going back. And now, uh, do you think it takes place in the same universe as Aliens? It absolutely does not. Oh. And I'm I'm so <laughs> I get so tired of people writing that. No, I'm not uh, striking at you, Logan. It's just like yeah, pe- yeah. people who who are really deeply invested in these things are writing. Oh, do you think it is? I'm like, are they owned by the same people? Then no. No, it's not. Oh God! Look at you, though. That that's such that is such a uh, person who's been in uh, the industry a little bit. That's a response from that kind of a person, right there. <laughs> like, no, the ownership is not the same. It can't oh, be the same universe. But, like, <laughs> the throw, but the people throw around the word canon all the time, right? And they're like, "Did you know right. that Alien and Blade Runner are canon?" And I'm like, "No, they're not. There are Easter eggs because you have uh, similar people working on it." And the guy who wrote Blade Runner went on and wrote Soldier with Kurt Russell, and there are Easter eggs, but they're owned by different, you know, companies. They're not canon. They're Easter eggs. That's the makings of an episode right there. <laughs> yeah. I do love Easter eggs. I like Easter yeah. eggs in yeah. all things, and except totally, Easter. It's totally cool. I just, I, I think I just get upset with people who are grown-ups and, like, are really deeply attached to these things and just don't understand these subtle differences. It's like, bro, learn how to nerd. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you? (laughs) Oh, man. Nerding 101. That's Matt's uh, elitist moment for the episode. Hopefully. Uh, Logan, are you drinking a Slurpee? No, it's um, some iced tea from Sonic. It was like 90 degrees out, and I had to get something cold. We don't have an ice machine. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. Sonic. I don't even know. Like, what is Sonic? I don't have that in Canada. The Sonic Drive-In? It is gross. Food there is nasty. (laughs) It's not Arby's. It's not Arby's gross. Those are... We don't have too many of those around around my parts, but I've had Sonic before when I've been in other parts of the country, and it is nasty. (laughs) It's gross. I love it. I love Sonic. I was at an Applebee's once. Once... Man, that place sucks. That's my favorite <laughs> restaurant. Every time my parents are in here, they have to go to Applebee's. It's like it's like funny. a meme, right? It's like Americana is Applebee's. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is awful. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. However, yeah. I'm super jealous of, and maybe you'll say this is dog barf, but uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. Oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. I've had really good dining experiences yeah, at Longhorn. Long and they give you good portions. It was a fine steak. The drinks were massive. I was like, yeah, yeah I could get used to this. Yeah. They're not too bad. They're pretty good. Okay. Right. All right. Fair. I'm glad that it's not. Uh... Yep. Okay. So who's next? Do you want to uh, go? Yeah, I'll go. Um, All right. Earlier this week, um, Microsoft spent 7.4, I think, mm. 7, $7.4 billion. Like almost twice of what? They paid for Star Wars. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh like my god, game. you're right. You're totally Isn't that right. crazy. Yeah, for a video game company, for Zenimax slash Bethesda, I guess Zenimax is the publishing company of Bethesda Softworks, who makes Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and Doom now, and Wolfenstein because they own ID too. 
which I imagine factored in. You're buying more than one studio, really, when you're so that like it's that's probably part of why it's so expensive. Um, but uh, I guess the future of them as cross-platform games is uncertain because Microsoft hasn't said anything about it. Yeah. Although I read a really interesting article on Forbes because um, I love Forbes. I love the business magazines. I don't know why, but I think it's really interesting. Um, it could be. It really could be. <laughs> um, but Microsoft has been super heavy uh, trying to push cross-platform yeah. play. That's why I was kind of when yeah. you said that I was I almost jumped on you about it so, because it, I I think that that's not at risk. I don't well, think that's they, at risk. They were saying that or hypothesizing that Xbox or Microsoft Game Pass, that's their platform that does crossplay, will be available for download on PlayStation, so you can play an Xbox game on a PlayStation. But Sony is such a crap company. Well, they, they can be. Yeah. yeah, like that's the reason Skyrim didn't get full mod capabilities and Fallout didn't get full mod capabilities. Um, and they don't do crossplay because Sony doesn't play those games. They want their stuff and they say, oh, it's because we can't guarantee the quality of other people's games. But but that is changing though. So I hope is, so. I really this do. Is, this is not my this is not my bizarre, but I'm also gonna dive into video games. But um uh like uh Star Wars Squadrons is coming out from EA next yeah. month, and that's complete. It's completely cross-platform, and that's becoming way more of a thing now. So you can play it on PlayStation really? against Xbox, against PC, and everyone can just have a good old time together. Which I really? think is, you know, I, I just think not only is that how it should be, but I think that's where the industry is moving. I think people I are seeing so. more now that there's just more money to be made if you're just inclusive. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope that's the way it goes. I, I would have a hard time seeing them straight up going xbox exclusive because they're such big properties yeah um but but they're gonna find some way to to make the money off of it i mean aren't they aren't they trying to do more like it's less about selling the system and more yeah. about yeah right, just being able to play the games and there's a subscription situation so and, yeah. and with spending that kind of cash that's beyond the kind of cash that's like, we need good exclusive titles to sell systems, right? That's it's totally like, it. That's totally it. it it's Sony's deal is... They need to sell a lot of these yeah, games, yeah, and they're going to need to include Sony, right. because... You cannot lock out a consumer base for Elder Scrolls, for example. Like, you just can't. Yeah. If you do that, you're going. not only are you going to tank your sales, but you're going to kill the IP, which is going to only tank your sales. So no chance. Yeah, but, but I mean, if you look at something like uh, like PlayStation has huge exclusives, right. right? Like, and they sell tons, but they don't have the same history as something like Doom. Right. You're gonna put Doom only on Xbox? I mean, and, and I think when we say Xbox exclusive, I think we're also including PC. Yes. But anyone I know with a PC doesn't actually pay for games, so I don't know how much you're selling of those, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think people buy stuff off Steam all the time. Yeah, what you do not. is you wait for they, they it, you wait for it to go on sale. You wait for I it to go on sale when it's like three dollars. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's a Steam summer sale. I'm going to buy sixty games. I'll never <laughs> exactly. play. That's all. Yeah. And, and to my topic, because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what that's about. Okay. Did you have so, anything else, Logan? Well, something kind of funny, just continuously related. Xbox or Microsoft also bought 
Obsidian, which made the original Fallouts, mm-hmm. and then made um, New Vegas, which was yeah. probably the best of the Bethesda ones, in my opinion. Um, they bought Obsidian first, and Obsidian said, we will never work with Bethesda Softworks again because New Vegas was just a nightmare. And now Microsoft bought Bethesda too. Yeah. So now they're like in the same. You will. Yeah. You will play, in, play in the same sandbox. Yeah. Now. yeah. But Obsidian is also making an open world RPG called Avowed. A V O W E D. And the trailer looks really cool. And it's supposed to be like their take on an Elder Scrolls game. So there's going to be two major um, like open world RPGs during this cycle by you know tried and true developers. I mean cool. Bethesda has sucked oh. it really hard. Real. Lately, but I'll give you a, a hot take slightly too on the whole Elder Scrolls and Fallout being such a giant thing. It's like, as a license and as anticipation, they are. But guess what, man? They've been running that same engine for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And there have been other games that have come along and have raised that bar yeah. significantly. That is uh, the exact topic that I have with my friend because uh, we were we were mourning this this uh, this purchase. Yeah. And I, I I totally said you know what we're really mourning the nostalgia the nostalgia of this mm-hmm. more than than anything because it's not like it's not to say that um, Skyrim was a bad game obviously it was a great game um, but there's so many other RPGs that are as like less heralded that do just as much and maybe a little more in some categories too yeah yeah they need to really they need to figure their get their they need to get their stuff in order yeah if they're really yeah. gonna be Definitely. Yeah. So, Alex. Yeah, so mine. So, uh, Steam Summer Sales, funny you brought that up. Um, I went ahead and made some purchases. Um, one of which, one I already had, and this is the one that I really want to focus in on. The other one was my Steam Summer Sale purchase, uh, which is called, uh, I have to look it up because I'm always forgetting what it's called, uh, is Fire Pro Wrestling World. <laughs> so this is a wrestling game that looks like the old SNE, like the Super Nintendo, uh, like Royal Rumble game. Looks kind of like in the same ilk, but because it's on PC, the modding community is unbelievable. You <laughs> want a wrestler, you just look them up and you bring them on in. And nice. It has everything. So like everything from the Great Muda to Doink the Clown. So just, I mean, like just all over the place. And so I've like built up my own little wrestling uh, stable right now, and it's sort of kind of reignited my um, my childhood love of pro wrestling. You Got saw my... one of the the Road Warriors died, right? Yeah, yeah, Animal, Animal. Yeah, yeah. yep. This guy. Uh, did you guys? Uh, were you more fans of the Demolition or the Road Warriors? I was a Demolition guy. So was I. I think yeah, it was the 100%. right age for me. Yeah. You know okay. why? It's because we're um, located. It's geographical. Because uh, really? Road Warriors were in uh, were in the like NWA, which okay. is southern like it was like the southern territories yeah. where you probably were exposed to WWE way more or oh, WWE sure. at the time, right? Yeah. And that was very much northern and eventually went like worldwide, mm-hmm. obviously too. So Demolition got way more um, visibility, I think, for people our age and especially in our in our um, our geographic location. Interesting. Yep. See, and I, th- I think we've said before too. We've remarked on how like there's definitely sword and sorcery notes running through wrestling, and and that's probably just oh god due, yeah. due to the time period, right? That aesthetic was hot at that yep. time. Maybe we should yep. do a wrestling episode. All the S and S 
flourishes and <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> accents yeah, in, in wrestling. That'd be fun. So yeah. my other one, and this is also my public service announcement, is uh, on Steam, uh, if you have friends and you like to play games, you should go and get yourself Gloomhaven. Um, Gloomhaven is a fantastic board game. And it has a, um, what's their term? It's an early access game right now um, oh. on Steam. And it is very, very, very good. They just added um, earlier, uh, either this month or last month, the, the co-op to it. So you can get online with four friends and just go dungeon crawling. It doesn't have the full campaign yet, um, but it does have this really nice system of just sort of exploring the map. So um, hold on, is it is it like uh, like a is it just a version the of the board? So yes. you're selecting your cards and correct. Your, okay, it's a, digital yeah, yeah, yeah. Ver- it's a digital representation of the board game. Yeah, that's a that's a great game. We played we played a good amount of it. I don't think we would ever get through it, and I think we burned out on it at a certain time. It's just there's so much, and it is quite fiddly, uh, as the board gamer people say. There's a lot to track and. Uh, so that was one of the big observations that I had with the video game. When you boil this game down to its essence and you don't have to track anything because yeah. the game's doing it for you, yeah. it is the most simplistic game and it mm-hmm. plays so nicely. Yeah, it feels so It's really it feels just very picking good. the top and bottom. Yeah, pick yeah. the top and bottom cards, make some moves. Yeah. It plays a lot like, um, like a strategic RPG, like an SRPG turn-based type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. And if you're playing with friends, it's even more fun. Yeah, when, when we played, we had an app that tracked uh, some of it, which took that piece off the plate. But, like, yeah, that's part of the game where you're actually putting individual wound pieces on yes. each of these little sheets. I was like, are you nuts? Yeah. I was like, how, how do people not own a set of multiple sets of polyhedral dice? We tracked them with that, not putting individual Playing that game, and you've played it, like, playing that game can take hours upon hours. It can. Just, and a lot of that time is actually spent with the paperwork. So it's yeah. nice to have that kind of removed on the computer, and you can just kind of go in, pick your moves, do your thing, and get out, and the whole thing wraps up in, like, just under an hour or so per session. So I almost feel like i got to bring this up, too. Um, this is all sword and sorcery related anyways, but... Um, I was thinking about that lately, and one of the things about quote-unquote dungeon crawler games is I feel like they have lost the sense of exploration. Now, Gloomhaven you do, but realistically, a game of Gloomhaven, it might take you two or three hours and you explore three rooms, right? Yes. Which, the, the combat's so fun that it's not. I'm not using it as a slight. I mean, games mm-hmm. do different things, but mm-hmm. I feel like that whole... You put down a room and you're like, ooh, what is actually in here? We don't know yet. Well, Gloomhaven, you kind of know what's coming because you've had to set everything up, right? But Hero Quest, did you see any of this situation? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Like, all right. So see what happens. It was kind of a big announcement. Everyone, there's a countdown because Hero Quest was coming back and Hasbro was making it. And, like, I can't look at that as anything other than a colossally like a colossal missed opportunity did you look over it <laughs> i haven't yet actually i didn't know oh, that they i man. hadn't even heard that they had made the official announcement i saw that it was like oh, potentially yeah. coming back so it's u.s and canada only it's about 150 and then i think there's one that's i think one might be 101 150 with the expansions gameplay doesn't seem to be changed at all 
They haven't detailed it yet, though maybe there's some certain quality of life changes, but it's the same old hero quest. Mm. Which would be fine, I guess, if you didn't already own it and you were aching with nostalgia to play it again. But it's a dated game. I don't care what anyone says it is. Um, not to say it's a bad game, but... Um, so, nothing new, and then the minis were changed because they can't use the game's workshop stuff, right? So they had to kind of distance it, and I don't know, man, like... It's not as cool. It's more cartoony. Yeah. Um, shipping to for the game was like 150 bucks to Canada. Uh, one of the two countries you can get it in, and <laughs> I don't know. I just I was like I watched the internet getting excited, 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 and then it came out, and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, I'm still totally excited, and then slowly, slowly, everyone's like, uh, you know what? And I've I heard people were like, I'm selling my old copy to get the new copy. I'm like, are you insane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't do that. It's the same game, and yeah. you don't have those cool old minis. And anyways, yeah, you so. want you want the original anyway. Why would you sell the old one? Well, <laughs> especially if if it's not changing anything and it's not adding yeah. to the game. And the but and I mean the minis are, you know, they're getting more modern. Uh, dynamic sculpts, and in that way, they're better. But yeah. the charm, the charm's not there. It's it looks generic, and uh, yeah. So I don't know. That I thought that was a pretty big move in in uh, board game land. And you know what's a good? Uh, I'll call it a dungeon crawler. Is um, and I think you know this one. I know uh, Chris Lights. I think uh, play, has played this too. Is uh, Rangers of Shadow Deep? Oh yeah, I really yeah. have. I've read about it. I've yeah. skimmed through it, and like, it's the kind of game I want to make. Yeah, it's um, the, it's the same guy who did um, Frostgrave too, which is exactly like, he's he's really done a really really nice job with yeah. But it's a it's a G. It can be like a GMless RPG light mini yeah. game where you use your own minis and your own terrain. Like I I almost don't want to play it or read more about it because I want to make my own version of that thing. Yeah, did I, 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 actually I wrote my own rule set before this was before Rangers Shadowdeep came out. I had my own like GMless. Um, dungeon crawling um rule set yeah, we, rule set. yeah we need to talk about that we'll talk yeah. about that later <laughs> yeah so it, it pl- and it plays i've like play tested it and everything i'm just kind of i've just sat on it i don't really have okay. anything else to do with it you know i do work in this industry i know i've uh, heard <laughs> i've heard if we come up with something uh, i've got people we could pitch to all right just not to hasbro because i just said that the new hero we should probably get into the actual topic here right we should i just want yeah. to say if you're doing a crowdfunding project and you're requiring one million dollars to get this game off the ground and you're not really offering anything for the crowdfunding benefits like everyone else eh. yeah so red sonia red sonia it's been All a right. while coming um i mean we we talked about her early on back in the chainmail bikini versus the fur diaper episode, right? Yeah. Um, so I've got, I don't know whether we should run down the history of this character first, or we should just dive in and I think we should talk about original appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the original appearance. Let's at least get that down. Cause you know, we, I, I know our audience knows already, but in the event that there's that one person who's listening right. and who's like, who's Red Sonia? We should at least give Unfortunately, that. that's going to be the shortest section here. It is going to be the shortest section, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Well, okay, so, but but <laughs> in interest of Alex, us not staying in Conan and Robert E. Howard land too much, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in for a second. 
it, but I mean, even this we can't get away from Conan. No, no, I was going to say, we're going to be detouring yeah. only for a moment. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so Red Sonia with a Y yes. originated in a Robert E. Howard story, uh, who also wrote Conan. You may have heard of this one. <laughs> um, and according to the internet, it was first published in the Magic Carpet Magazine, January 1934. You guys uh, ever read Magic Carpet Magazine? I had not heard of uh, it at all um, no. beyond this story. The there were not magic carpets in the story, uh, as I recall. Nope. Uh, but it's a story called... Um, Shadow of the Vulture. The Shadow of the Vulture. Yep, historical um, fiction. Yeah. yeah, historical fiction set in the 16th century... Um, kind of looking at the uh, Sultan Suleiman um, and the Siege of Vienna in 1529. Yeah, Logan, and, give us, hold, let me pause you for a second. You got any, like, good historical reference around what's happening at the time of, of the 1500s, early 1500s? Um, I do. I have some interesting little tidbits of history in here um, that I've mentioned, or that, I, that, I, that I'm talking about. So, yes. Do you want me to just throw them in? Yeah, I was, I, I was curious, because one of the okay. problems that I always have is, like, contextually, like, what else is happening in the world when when, we, when I read historical fiction, right? Like, so, what else is going on then? Um, what else is going on in the world? Well, um, this is, Suleiman is, is like, the beginnings, are, see, there's going to be people out there, like, um, oh, we have some, some listeners who are really into this time period, and this is a little bit, um far back for me um but this is like ottoman empire stuff mm. um and i guess i was focused kind of more on the people that were go that we have in this story because obviously suleiman is a real person um red sonia is mentioned as the sister of a specific person mm -hmm. um and i can't remember her name off the top of my head but she was real um, she was an actual harem girl in Suleiman's harem and ended up marrying him. Um, so Red Sonia is a fictional character related to an actual historical person, which I appreciated. Um, Howard very clearly knew his history. Um, yeah. and there's based, a based on the access he had in the, in the, right. to, to yeah. that library, right? Uh, and then there's a mention, and I just thought this was funny. Um, I have a friend who's Armenian, um, and there's an Armenian that plays a part in the story, um, and he's actually helping Suleiman. Um, but the Ottoman Empire um, enacted a genocide against the Armenians, and it hadn't. And I don't, I don't have the notes in front of me, but I'm not sure it happened yet. But it will happen. Um, so I thought, like, man. That's a bummer. That guy chose the wrong side. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, there's some historical ties here that are good. Um, I didn't find anything about, was it Von, Von Kolmbach? Von Kolmbach? Mm. Um, he's just a dude. So. He's, yeah, he's your, he's your fictional piece, I think. Yeah, your fictional, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it's interesting, too, whenever you're reading Howard that is uh, historical fiction-oriented, you see, it, it, it reminds you that even his, his sword and sorcery stuff, it's written like historical fiction, yeah, except has it, has, it has the weird element. Yep. And yeah. that's, that's the part that was just so genius, right? Like, 
I think that's why we remember it so much. He treated it as as uh, straight nosed, you know, like, but put those weird parts in. So when they were weird, you were like, "This is crazy." Right. And so, yeah, this story is a good example of uh, playing it straight in that way. Yeah, kind of like El Borak. There's only yeah. one that's really a weird thing to it, but it's not even that weird. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they're adventure, ta- they're adventure tales. Yeah, it's a straight yeah. up like Harold Lamb style mm-hmm. um, adventure tale. So let's talk a little bit about Red Sonia then, um, in in the context of the story, right? So she's kind of like effing nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's got a little off her rocker too. I think this is a this is a Howard theme in my opinion is that he picks characters that are just like completely bonkers. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they they kind of read that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that was his intention. I no, I don't think that was the. Intention. He's kind of going for intensity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, but I mean, so she. The, the red Sonya with a J we're used to is obviously not set during that time period. Uh, she's not, she doesn't have pistols. Um, in fact, she has much less armor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, really. But she, has story, red hair. she has red hair and a fiery temper. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the analogy right there. The red hair really is the, yeah. the you know, the, the similarity. And yeah. the, that, she she's clearly a competent, if not dominant, warrior in the story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. And another example of uh, you know one of Howard's more progressive approaches to having a female ass kicker, right? Um, which was not something you were seeing everywhere uh, back in the day. And for every damsel you see in some of his stories, I feel like the the scale is weighted again with. Uh, a very capable she-devil, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, in my in my search for fun facts about this, not I don't know if it's true or if there's any data to back this up, but it's proposed um, that the name Sonia is a reference to H.P. Lovecraft's former wife, Sonia Green. Um, mm. I don't know if there's like any more connection besides the name, but I did read that, and I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. I could. That's something I could I get some some people. I could probably ask. It's not. It's not a fact I've ever come across. Um, sounds speculative. But, yeah. You know, some some of these things are ultimately always going to be speculative, right? We won't have the answers, but that's interesting. I, I might. I'll look into that. It looks like she was also a pulp fiction writer and amateur pu- uh, publisher. Um, she was only married to H.P. Lovecraft for two years. Um. I didn't Thanks. know Lovecraft. I don't. I don't know my Lovecraft bio very well, but I did not know he was married. Yeah, no, he was actually married most I, of his life. Yeah, I, I know the. Yeah, I know of the late of the later one. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a whole. But that was another story. <laughs> the um I, the other character that really gets like no lines in this story is um the Mikhail. <laughs> Oglu, like I just yeah, he, he's like basically the the assassin that goes out. Um, there's and I I, I don't know I, I I think I missed it at some point, but they're talking about like how he has like these blood angel wings or something like that. Um, and I couldn't quite figure out what they meant by that. Did you, did you guys pick up on that? Isn't that like the torture thing? But it's not though. I think they're talking okay. about like his actual 
uh, physical like blood eagle? appearance. Yeah, that, that's a, like okay. a blood eagle or something yeah, like that. No, I, no, I, no, I feel like that. they were talking about his physical appearance, and okay. I don't know. I didn't go back and reread it carefully. No, I uh, I had started rereading this for the purpose of this, and I didn't get all the way through, so I'm going off of like old memory. So I don't, oh, I don't okay. remember. I don't remember the blood eagle part. Yeah, it, it, I'm, oh, I'm, saying, yeah, I'm saying blood eagle, but I don't I know, really know yeah. that. You, but anyway, he, he, I thought yeah. he was cool. Um, you know, he's basically the one who's hunting down uh, Von Kamblach, and he's basically <laughs> burning villages and, and, and everything. Uh, and in the end, he gets his comeuppance, which I thought was pretty good. What's in the box? That's right, right. Famous, famous what's in the box moment <laughs> at the end there. Well, Sully Man unboxes. It's always a head. It's always a head. It's always a head. You open the box. Every Amazon package I ever get, there's a head inside. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, And free shipping? Amazing. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing with all these heads. I can see them right now. His his, his background is just... uh, It's just (laughs) teeming with heads. Blood scabbed over on his... Poop leather coach, like, yep. uh, <laughs> so donated or something. Like that. Oh, sorry about that coach. So, in, in the end, Red Sonia's um, existence in the Howard world is is very short and yeah. um, secondary character to some extent. Um, in you know, re- and really that kind of ties it up. She's she's vicious. She's beautiful. She's all the things that she's like kind of depicted in other forms. Um, but you know, it's, it's what we think of as Red Sonia is really not necessarily this. Yeah. And like her motivation for being who she is, is because Suleiman took her sister. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which to my knowledge does not ever show up in the comics. Now, interestingly, we're skipping ahead slightly, but when Gail Simone came to the character, in like the 2000s at some point, I read the first, I don't know, six, maybe 12 issues. Holy cow. And they sort of, uh, they didn't really like retcon it, but I think that uh, the original Red Sonia had died, and then she's kind of reborn or resurrected or something. And so I remember her origins being that she was with her sister, Oh, okay. uh, with, with a sister or someone she deemed as her sister mm. and they were in like a torture situation though not the same sort of uh, origins as the uh, Roy Thomas version I kind of recall that actually That's yeah yeah and, yeah, and yeah so jump ahead that, that might the, be a reference to that yeah. yeah not to jump ahead but the the sister is also plays a minor part in uh, the movie as well yeah yeah. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't know that it's you know there's that, that's not her origin necessarily. It seemed like she her origin has come from something else in that movie, uh, which we'll talk about. But you know there is that tie to the sister and, and that uh, you know sort of sends her on her vengeance trail, mm-hmm. her quest. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, after the Howard story, I guess it it all comes down to kind of Roy Thomas at a point. He's writing Conan the Barbarian at that time and. They were already um, sort of cannibalizing Howard stories, repurposing them for Conan, you know, non-Conan stories to, to put them in the Hyborian Age. And it was, which episode, or it was uh, issue 23. Yep. It was her first appearance in 1973. 
And it's and actually a, um, it's a Hyborian age retelling of Shadow of the Vulture. Right. And so Barry Windsor Smith was on the issue at that time. And when she first appeared, um, she was wearing a chainmail, like a chain hauberk. Yeah. Not the bikini, which is needs to be noted, oddly enough. Yes, yeah. Um, and so that's where... So she actually did debut in the ongoing Conan comic, which was still insanely popular at the time. Um, and then after that, we enter sort of chainmail bikini land, where uh, artist Esteban Morado... Uh, drew up some designs and sent them along and they kind of went with that for uh, for the debut Red Sonja comic mm-hmm. which I, I think it was She Devil with a Sword was the first yeah. one um, I actually have the number ones of a couple of different number one issues from back in the day of her and that's where I don't know I have um, a modernized hardcover version of basically those origin comics with that Esteban Morado had drawn and that Roy Thomas had written and her origin was sort of a like a rape was the prime motivator or it became as it is in, yeah as is in the movie as well yeah it seems yeah. to be a running theme um yeah. a major I guess criticism a lot of people level at Red Sonia yeah uh, which is, I mean, to be honest, actually, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you're going to have a, if she is the counterpart to Conan, right, and that's what they're going for at the time, yeah, then that is a, that's a lame approach. Yep. And, and, and yeah. we're, we're looking at it through a modern lens, right? Um, back in the day, I feel like you weren't as progressive on these ideas, and you're like, wouldn't it be great if, like, she had this awful thing happen, and then she got vengeance, and that's why she goes on killing. Well, isn't there, like, a bunch of 70s exploitation movies with the same premise? Well, you get, like, I... uh, Spit on your grave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's a thing, right? That there's a... There's totally a place in history for that. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, if that's your character, you're going to follow for issues and issues. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying that can't be a story. I'm saying that it's, when I read it now, I'm not, I don't like that as a motivator. And, in fact, if you look at a lot of um, subs uh, for, like, short stories or what have you, <laughs> you will find in a lot of the things we don't want are rape-revenge stories, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a very it's a very specific audience well, for that. And I think I think you hit done. upon a, an important topic though was that you know if she represents the the counterpart, the female counterpart to Conan, yeah, right, you've already diminished it, right, and and that's uh, that's more more than I mean you know if that's ultimately what you are going for that you can't just got to be like indomitable, right, you yeah, know, from the start from the get go. Yeah. And I mean, so, you're not, yeah, uh, yeah, it's... In the comics, too, like, they, it's sort of like an amalgamation of, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, but a, a, a mix of, like, Dark Agnes, yeah, Red Sonja, yeah. Valeria to some extent. Yeah, and I mean, Dark Agnes was definitely a very much a revenge piece. Right. Uh, yeah. Where it almost Kill Bill a little bit, 
yeah, yeah uh, in the, in that story too, right? And and I mean, there's nothing wrong with the vengeance tale. It's just like if you're gonna, I just think now that if you're ever gonna use uh, rape as a plot piece, you gotta have a good reason for it, and you gotta handle it with um, right. And, and that's a very like and, you said. That's a modern lens, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but I mean, what else are we doing, right? We're, right. We're, we're we're retrospecting with this character. I'm not saying you can't like those old stories. I'm not saying there's nothing there. I'm just I'm glad to see that they actually did do a different approach. And if we get to the point where this character, um, you're going to try and blast her back into pop culture um, with a movie or a TV series or something, I prefer that left. I. I you don't want that as the motivation for heroism. Again, you can do it. I just, it wouldn't be, I feel like you got to have a good reason to try that at this point in time. Yeah. So, um, and actually when you look at that, that issue in the art, like it's, the art's really well done. Like I actually, I like Murado a lot, um, but it's, it's, it's intense and it's, it's pretty grim. Um, and I mean, the heroic panels beyond that really do work, and she shines. And, and I mean, honestly, one of the big things about Red Sonia, and one of the things that she takes a lot of criticism for is the chainmail bikini anyways, but when you get a really great artist who tackles that, um, as silly as it is to wear that into battle, like, those paintings have power. Like, they... They, they really do work for me on an aesthetic level as silly as they they kind of are in concept, right? Anyways. So, so I mean, I don't want to rehash the chainmail bikini conversation, mm-hmm. but, it like, and, I, and I've totally, I, I've been treading on such thin water, thin ice with this. Like, it's totally like the hypersexualized, you know, female form. And I, and right. I get all that. But... Paired with the art of the male counterparts of the of the day too, like mm-hmm. it, they are kind of one to one. Like the male, and, I, and I'm speaking specifically Red Sonia because in a lot of those those the, that artwork, women are sort of secondary, right? They're they're mm-hmm. definitely object, and and in, and in this to some extent too, but you see plenty of shirtless dudes who are like just the same muscle tone. And and sort of that same power that you that you're that you're kind of talking about in there. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with it, but I, I feel like they're they're very comparable. Yeah, and I think I think the the difference there is somewhat that if you think about to whom these stories were marketed, right? Marketed, yeah, yeah. And, and none of it flies these days either. Like it's, it's like just, no, no, no. I hear you, but but even then, if I look through it, it's like. The Conan being jacked and huge and awesome and like aesthetic and his thews, like <laughs> the, he's sort of the he's the ad in that same comic where it's gonna be like get an Atlas body in yeah, right. two weeks where getting sand kicked in my face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. T levels every twelve hours. Oh yeah. There you go, Logan. Don't. <laughs> been a while, but uh, yeah, been a while. I have not checked my tea. I don't want to right now. It's not good. It's mostly butter. But uh, <laughs> but, but if we're being sincere, I mean, the Conan at that time, it's still mostly. It's not like he's there because 
he's sexualized for his audience, whereas Sonya is definitely sexualized for their audience. Though I do see what you're saying because I kind of feel like that is sexual. Like the male form is also sexualized. I think and, it is too, but especially if and, you have a proclivity for that male frame, yeah. Then how? Yeah. I'm sure it would be. And, and it's not like I, I, I'm not going to get into it because I'm going to paint myself <laughs> into it. <laughs> No, but onto I mean, the listen, movie. Let's talk yeah, about no, the no. movie. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it's it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we we've covered that before, but yeah, for sure. And I mean, I I think I think I think depiction of the male form is also supposed to be tantalizing to men in a certain way. Yeah, even right? if it's even if you don't have a sexual attraction to exactly, it, you want to be that so that yes. you are sexually attractive to yeah, somebody it, else. Exactly, it's still I mean, the, there's still know. that feeling of uh, of allure. Yeah, yeah. Well, boys, we're really digging deep here on the uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <Yep>. So uh, it, it, one other thing that just sort of uh, eluded me when we were talking about her power or her her uh, revenge tale. It's also somewhat undermined for me by the fact that there's this like goddess who grants her power a little bit to do it, right? To yeah. kind of she doesn't have superpowers, but in some ways she's getting that boost by a higher power. Yeah. And when juxtaposed with Conan, he doesn't have that. He's right. he's he's just a strong warrior. Flesh and bone. You right. Yeah. It's almost like this. She needs that little boost. Like I don't know. I don't. I'm not is a, that is that in the comic as well? Because I know it's in the movie. Uh, yeah, it was in the um, in the the origin one that uh, Murado and uh, yeah. Ro Thomas did. Okay. Yeah, I I, picked, I I didn't know that about the comic, and I I certainly picked up it on, on it in the movie. That was one of my comments. I, I felt like that diminishes the character yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think we could do yeah. away with that. I mean. Uh, not to say you have to throw it out entirely like she could have this person she wore, but bestowing the power is just, that's somewhat against sword and sorcery, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like a yeah, god, oh yeah. a god has given you the power is yeah. more high oh, fantasy. Than, uh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, well, if we're still in the comics, like, so more power to dynamite for, you know, selling their comics. Right, I don't begrudge them at all, um, but we got Red Sonia paired up with Vampirella and the cast of Archie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I see, I see no one raging on the internet about that. <laughs> Conan next to the Avengers, don't do it. It's diminishing Howard. Yeah, so I find that I find that a, if we're considering Red Sonia and the way she appears in the comics, a Howard character. And she's appearing next to Archie, then then you, you can't have both. Like you can't be okay with one and not the other. Right. I, yeah. I see where you're going, but yeah. by the same token, you're 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 saying that purists can't be uh, pure for Conan if they are <laughs> uh, prickly about a character that isn't pure to Howard. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, I, think so, yeah. I, I think I'm just saying that like those two fan bases are actually different to an extent. I, yeah, I guess. But but, but as far um, as what you're saying, like I'm with you. Is like if you're gonna make a comic that's just for fun, and we're uh, what are we like ninety years, eighty years past the point yeah. where this debuted? 
yes, I'm fine if we dig into the sandbox and make some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I'm not 100% convinced the people that complain about Savage Avengers or whatever are actual purists. They're just complaining about Marvel. So yes. that's probably where I'm coming from. I um, do see a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of hate on Marvel and hate on Disney until all of a sudden the Mandalorian comes out and like, we should move the best Star Wars ever. But, yeah. <laughs> but hate the entire. I mean, whatever. They're all evil and giant companies and they're, you know, they're, they're colossal. But I still like to um, give credit where credit's due. Like, if something looks awesome, it looks awesome and I'm going to read it. I don't. It's all giant companies selling us crap. Some are just not. Uh, godly in their in yeah. Yep. We just live in baby judge dread world. Yeah, but and I think and actually Logan, I don't know if this sort of connects to what you're saying, but the thing about Red Sonia, I would actually like it better if it didn't do a pseudo Hyborian age because it it still does. Like when you look at the comics, it still has a yeah. Hyborian age map, yeah. but it does not line up with any. It's so unpure. Yeah, that I'd rather it just be completely detached. I agree. I would like it yeah. better if we did if we didn't have to pretend that this was a Hyborian age. Yeah, but I say that too. Maybe if we think of the Red Sonia Hyborian age as just being anything goes, and you just totally shed any purism, you can kind of just relax and have fun there. It's like cartoon yeah. funland, you know. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a Saturday morning cartoon land for sure. Right, a, yeah, wor yeah. a world in which Malik exists and <laughs> several other characters. <laughs> so before we started recording, Alex mentioned that like it's kind of a shame that Malik wasn't in Red Sonja. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. I, yeah. he would fit there totally. He would, and for for new first time listeners, my hatred of of Malik is runs very very deep uh, yeah, but from it Conan seems the, to the be... Destroyer. But he fits the, the movie. Are we are we on to the movie? Can it's, I? Uh, it's softening, Alex. You're still. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're you're slowly. Malik's growing. I know you're going to no. be swallowing oh his gems God. soon. Other, enough. other than his double dagger move, uh, I'll never. <laughs> no. Although but, after I will say, uh, print in the movie, I was wishing for Malik after having to endure uh, Prince Tarn again. Now, I re remember yeah. him from his childhood movies, and I had forgotten intentionally and very purposefully forgotten <laughs> of, of the roles and the way in his presence. It just rubs me the wrong way. Uh, and he'll probably kick my butt because I read on the internet that he is also an MMA fighter. So... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, he had some pretty, like, he actually did some martial arts in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, sk uh, of skill there. It's just, I mean, I don't know. You just... The writing is terrible. Yeah, yeah. There is good stuff in that movie. It's just wrapped in so much terrible. Yeah. Are we talking about Red Sonja right now? Yeah. yeah. Are we, are we okay, doing so, a so let's, let's yeah. go in. Let's just do the good, the bad, and the ugly of... Okay. Of Red Sonia. Like, well, before we do, uh, I'll just give us a little, um, a few facts here. So, 1985, yep. it was released. Very Actually, I think it cost around 17 million bucks wow. and made about 6 million back. That is correct. That's called yeah. flop. That's not good. Yeah. That's yep. not good. Um, and for the cast, too, because you would have thought that that cast would have delivered. 
Yeah, I think Arnold got paid seventeen million dollars for. <laughs> I don't know what he was paid. Um, it was directed by Richard Fleischer, who also directed Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. Enough talk. And he also directed uh, Vikings, which I hear is an awesome movie that embarrassingly I have not watched because it's is, just not is come that across the one my with desk. Michael Douglas or Kurt Douglas, one of the Douglases. Uh, I feel like it might have a Douglas. You're not confusing it with Spartacus, though, right? No. Um, okay. No, yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah. No, um, I think you're right. It is good. Uh, it is. It is a good movie. It's old. Like it's yeah. an old classic movie. But yeah, yeah. It, it's good. Uh, he also did Amityville 3D, which. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one. Terrible. Uh, I only saw I saw Amityville, which I thought was a cool movie, and then yeah. I saw the Amityville remake, which was hot garbage. Poor um, yeah, and and one of the this might lead us off with the good in uh, the 1985 film, Ennio Morricone. Yeah, yeah, Ennio Morricone. Yeah. Yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He. Uh, he did this score, which is, that's a, as far as nerd credentials um, yeah. or nerd highlights go, that's a big deal. That's it's, awesome. It's kind of fascinating that this movie did not do well because it really does, I mean, cast-wise, it, it had all the elements. Yeah, the director's fine. Yeah. It's got some ingredients. Fine. Um, it had uh, our boy uh, uh, Roach. Um, yep, yep. Um, Bill or Pat? Pat Roach. Yeah. Okay. Pat Roach here. Because one of them's in Trailer Park Boys. One of them plays Randy on Trailer yeah, Park Boys. Yeah, no, you want Pat right. Roach, General Kale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lord, Lord Brytag in this. Yep. That's uh, what his name is. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Sandal was Bergman awesome. Is I love that. Guy, right? Sandal Bergman is the evil queen. Yep, we yeah, have Valeria she, as the bad guy yeah. in this one. We have, I thought she was awesome. I actually think she was the standout in the movie. She's really yeah. good in it, actually. Yeah. Uh, we have the um, the uh, Gestapo uh, guy from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the little right. agent as the uh, oh, that's as, right, as her, as her lackey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved um, I loved the costumes in this film. Yeah, no. great costumes. No. I mean, no. well, listen. They are, this, is a, this is a world, this is a Hyborian age where your power is measured by your hat. <laughs> you, if you have a hat, you are a powerful person in this, in this world. And the more ornate the hat, you are more powerful. The Grand Master, powerful hat. Sandal Bergman, powerful hat. Yeah, but it was a cool, like, Sandal Bergman's outfit in this movie was awesome. I thought she looked cool as hell. Oh, yeah, you, now, like, now, you like sequence, uh, you know, swishies? I did, man. I thought it was rad. <laughs> well, and there's great set, there's great set design. The set I mean, yeah. is amazing. The, the freaking the dinosaur yeah. skeleton yeah. that crosses the lava. Yeah, I know. Like Come on. Like, if you the listen to this show and you don't like a good skeletal bridge yeah. leading over lava, I mean, why are you even here? Yep, set's amazing. Costumes are good. I I, I disagree that like uh, they're Sam cheesy. Been, they're, yeah, they're definitely a little cheesy. Definitely cheesy. The I, I like swords are on, cheesy. It's I like to cheesy. pick on the hats because they definitely. If you watch that movie, like you go back and watch it, and you will see like it's. I, I I want to deliver this to you the way you delivered to me how everyone is always falling in the I hobbits. Was, 
you took the words out of yep. my mouth. This is, dude, Alex, you go back this and watch this movie, I want you to think about the hats every <laughs> single time. <laughs> dude, we, are on a, we have reached a, a pretty sublime wavelength That's here. Right. That's right. I, I'm in awe. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Um, oh, I forgot. You have to. You have to also appreciate uh, Bridget Nielsen's mullet. Yeah, that is, uh, that's full on unapologetic very, mullet. Yeah, that is <laughs> extremely <laughs> unapologetic. So, let's talk about her for a second because I feel like it's a very uneven performance. Like, there's times where I thought she had great delivery, and times where I was like, "Ooh, you were just that girl from Rocky Four. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but there were times where I thought it was pretty solid. Well, this is her first film, too. Right. right. Is, wasn't she a model? Like, she's not an actor by trade. She's a model. So. Yeah. Rocky IV so. came after this, is that right? Yeah. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, she yeah, no, I... Creed 2 in 2018. I didn't know that. She was in Creed 2? Yeah, she she is returns. Because isn't she the mother of the guy? She, yeah, she would be the yeah. mother of, uh, yeah, Drago's son right ivan drago yeah wow okay i haven't I seen it. Really I, yeah that. i want to watch that i liked creed actually yeah they're fine movies um so okay but, so but bridget nielsen yeah so i mean i i agree with you i mean you know it, clearly it was a, a debut piece um apparently sandal bergman was offered i'm reading this off uh, wikipedia was offered yeah. red sonia and turned it down because she so, wanted to be the bad guy yeah I, which i think would have been weird because like you basically would have had like this really weird conan valeria movie that wasn't conan valeria yeah Uh, but 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 in a lot of ways it also would have been probably really good i would have taken sandal bergman as uh red sonia for sure but you're right if you're putting old conan i mean calador um in that movie right then you can't have those well i mean Whatever, maybe you could. Well, it was originally wasn't originally pitched as a Conan three. Like I was uh, some think. stuff that Arnold was actually um, like surprised at his role. Like he took it as part of the contract. Yeah, there was um, a contract. I think. And yeah. Then he ended up being upset that he was like front and center title on on like the poster. And his his screen time is like a third of the movie. Yeah, it's not much, like, Arnold. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going against. Like he didn't think it was fair to the other actors. If I remember this interview right, I could um, see Arnold being like that. As much yeah. as his ego, he's also like a stand up dude. Yeah, yeah. Danger is my trade. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, and I don't know, the thing about that, Logan, I don't remember, is because there was supposed to be a Conan 3, and then it got turned into Cull at one point. Yeah. It and even Carl, Carl Edward Wagner wrote a Conan 3 script. Did you know yeah. that? I was mean, it have... the Crown of Iron, and it was supposed to star Triple H in, like, the no. 90s? No, he didn't do the Crown of Iron. He, he basically did an adaptation of uh, Conan the Conqueror, I think, slash Hour oh. of the Dragon. Um, I don't know, um, but I know the script is out there, and I know people have seen it. Um, did yeah, you, so, you guys know, I'm just going to change the topic on you, but uh, yeah. Sven, Sven Ole Thorsen? 
Yeah. Was also in this movie as well. Yeah, I knew he was. Who was random bodyguard? Bard, bodyguard, as I can't talk. <laughs> oh, so one one tiny thing I know about him, which really made my day one day, was uh, I wrote that Conan the Good, the Bad, and the reboot for Grimdark Magazine, and I was sharing the article, and on a particular page, uh, Sven Ol Thorson uh, liked it. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Nice. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's good. That is, that's fantastic to know that because that guy, I mean, he pops up and he's obviously a buddy of Arnold's, right? He pops mm-hmm. up in all kinds of films. Yep. It's okay. it's so funny when like looking back at this too, because that cast is definitely like, you know, the beginnings of all these people, buddy, buddy, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Ar- Arnold and Stallone are buddies. Bridget Nielsen was with Stallone for a while, right? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of yeah, like, yeah. you know, get, you could see how this all sort of play, like started to come together. Oh, and totally. Like, know? I would love to see a docudrama about the muscle flicks of the 80s. Oh, you know, you get all these dudes playing these roles. I'd love it. Where's our producer? Where's the producer yeah. voice? We need the producer voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do is... <laughs> uh, so, like, I did a quick Google to uh, back up what I was saying. So, Conan or Arnold was in contract to do three films with Dino De Laurentiis, um, and De Laurentiis pre-announced Red Sonia as Conan the Conqueror, but faced two major obstacles. One, Conan was owned by Universal, and the the, the Red Sonia movie is not Universal. Correct. Really? Yeah, and then Arnold's bargain basement salary deal meant that he could be forced to, or that he couldn't be forced to work a full shooting schedule. So he was still on that contract for Conan the Barbarian that didn't pay him all that much because it was like one of his first films, um, which is why he's not in it as much as he evidently was intended to be. So they changed from the Conan idea to Red Sonia because they could afford the rights to Red Sonia. Do you, do you know what? I heard he said about that contract. No. I live to see you eat that contract. <laughs> but I hope you save enough room for my fist. Because I'm going to jam it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. Ah! <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. That was the longest that was the longest Arnold quote yet. That was a good one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I love that one. The running man's worth it for those quotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the running man. <laughs> I like how long it took us to bring up Arnold, and now we're just... That's it. And now it's the Arnold show again. Yeah. yeah. This is the Arnold podcast for sure. <laughs> the Arnold <laughs> podcast. All other topics are bullshit. <laughs> so, no, and I'm going to bring us back, though. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the movie. So the, the premise here, right, is that there is this uh, weapon of mass destruction that is being kind of sealed away. WMDs. Yeah, it was a, it's a, a WMD. <laughs> and um, it, 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 it only works, it gets more powerful the more light it has. And if you put it in the dark, apparently it no longer has power. The darkness. Uh, right. So, uh, Kalidor, a.k.a. Conan, is going there to somehow handle that, even though he's not allowed to touch the thing. This is where the plot sort of does not make a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> He's there. To, he's supposed to be going there for some reason because he's the guy who's supposed to be able to seal this thing up. However, he can't touch it, and in fact, it's also revealed that only women can really be the ones to seal this thing up. So right. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on there. But at that time, there's this big attack at this temple, 
and uh, Sandal Bergman and her crew take the weapon of mass destruction, bring it back to her castle, uh, and Red Sonja's sister is a member of this group. She gets shot with an arrow. Kalidor winds up finding her, and then finds Sonya. So that's yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. the whole setup for what happens here. And then their their little adventure ensues, a sort of like on-again, off-again romance, uh, culminating in the boss fight, right, where you fight yeah. the, the evil queen, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought actually was kind of good. I know I'm skipping yeah. quite a few things here. but Did you guys love the little spider puppet they had? I, that, yes. That's my most vivid memory of this movie. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll just be walking down the street, walking on the dog or whatever, and I'll think of that. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my god, there's a giant spider puppet in that movie. <laughs> you know that was producer guy. All right, so uh, we don't have a spider in here, and uh, I'm looking at all these paintings. Where's the spider? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, sir, it's the 80s. We can't do a realistic spider yet. <laughs> Put the spider in there. Put a spider suit on a dog. <laughs> uh, but back to the the thing uh, you were saying, Alex, about the sets and like, I love that that one set piece where they've got all those candles, right? Yeah. And I mean, you've got all that candlelight. Like a cinematographer must just love that when yep. you yeah. can play around. That, that's a perfect time because. Uh, um, the, the Sandal Bergman's second, um, the 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 Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark, says something about the ca- the the candles. Like it's too ma- too many candles, and I'm like, Malik should have been there for that. It's <laughs> too many candles. <laughs> it's too much light. <laughs> so Malik Where are we gonna get to light all these candles? <laughs> I think we made the merchant angry. <laughs> we he didn't just feel everything he had. We didn't have time. <laughs> he just fits in that movie. Yeah, and I, I really wish that he was Prince Tarn, or yeah. or he was like the guy, the uh, the Prince Tarn's little uh, Ico, uh, is the guy's name's Eichel, I think. Oh no, it's Falcorn. Falcor. Deal with the bone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that, too? Named why after they, a luck dragon? Yeah, right. Why did they get a bone? Well, it was clearly supposed to be marketed like Destroyer to younger kids. Yep, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, know. And and so you got little kid humor, and the little kid does karate. That's yep. 80s. You yep, got fat guy humor. He's yep. kind of bumbling. What, 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 what class is he? What, what D&D class is he? Uh, it's got to be a, something from... Oh, jeez. Uh, like PC class. I was Ryan, trying to play... Rhymes with punk. Yeah, I was trying to think yeah. of this, and I couldn't quite nail oh, it down. Oh, is he a monk? Do you think he's a monk? <laughs> he could be. Well, the, I would argue that Prince Tarn is the monk, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, okay, we're not talking about We're talking about the bone guy. Yeah, the yeah, bone guy. We're talking bone about guy's the bone like a, He's like a... He's like a scribe. He's like a level one scribe. He's got some fighting moves, though, in the battle scene. He, he's like... He handles it. He's like Friar Tuck or something. Yeah, he's, yeah, right. He's like throw down when he fighter, has fighter mixed with mixed with bard. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. We've reached the lowest brow point of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Two levels of fighter. Level of Welcome to mouth. Rogues in the House. <laughs> Stabs the person who just walked in. <laughs> so uh, I had something I was gonna say too, I don't remember it. 
That's what happens when you're on this podcast. He also has, like, all those knives across it. And he's got, like, a, yeah, he's got a bunch of knives across his chest. Yeah. Yeah. I know what it was. Barely could kill someone. Uh, it was the fact that, like, you have this appeal to children, right? And you're like, yeah, let's get some kids in there. We'll actually put a kid in it so the kids will be like, ooh, I want to be that character. And it's all predicated on this plot of a girl who was a woman who was raped so that she becomes vengeful. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, a little... Hmm. Oh, 80s. But yeah, I was going to say, it was a very different time. You could certainly have gotten to it. That movie's only rated like PG-13. Right, and they're they're not overt about that part, Mm -hmm. um, the plot, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and and the the whole thing of like, the only man that can have me is he who can best me in combat. It's like, oh, guys. (laughs) Oh, guys. Come on. Like, like, you so will only be rewarded me. if you can beat me. Yeah. Well, but, but then, but then um, Arnold has the reverse logic. It's yeah. if if I lose, so he wins either way. That's what yeah. I thought was the best part about it. <laughs> <laughs> if I win, I, if I win, I win you. If I lose, I win you. You're talking about a guy who dangers my trade. That's right. I mean, he's, my got trade. It, he's got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean. Thought- the fight choreography between Arnold and Sonia, or I guess Bridget, was not no. great. No, no. Like, like. Destroyer so. still had good fight choreography, yep. probably a little better fight choreography than yep. Barbarian. But yep. Sonia there were, was... There were some good sword moments in the movie, I thought, actually. Yeah, there are, there are a couple. Yeah, um, but it's not like quite Deathstalker level. No, yeah. I thought, actually, I thought um, her... Combat wasn't too bad. I just didn't think that against Arnold it was that good. Like she had a pretty good fight against uh, the the yeah. guy who had the key. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was that was that was reasonably good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some. There was. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. There, there are elements in this movie where it almost is good. Yep. Yeah, almost. It's ultimately not a good movie. No. Um, even like, I still think it ranks. Fairly well among a lot of sword and sorcery flicks. Yeah, well, I mean that's a, a really sad lot, as we all know. <laughs> it is. It is. A, it's a low bar, um, and there's. Yeah, it is. And actually, I, I've been to talk to you guys about Deathstalker recently because I. We we need to do a Deathstalker episode. Yeah, we do. Can we do that? Can we make that be like maybe the next one? Because I, I will really do Deathstalker next for sure. Because yeah, listen. Fine. I I rewatched the first Death Stalker. It's so good. It's actually it's so awesome. Good. There's a lot of things in it that are not. There's some things in there that I'm like That's embarrassed so... about. I'm just oh like, my god! Dude, it's, somebody it's... made this. It's so it's <laughs> it's, it's transgressive good. as hell. Yeah. But and then I watched Death Stalker two, and I was like, I really really enjoyed this. Despite I told you, I should not. You were right. I, oh, it's so good. Right. It's right now, so Logan bad, is cringing good. inside because he's like, "I gotta, I gotta rewatch Deathstalker." <laughs> yeah, I'm not on board with the Deathstalker. Well, we uh, have to. But that's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Anyways, we can't. Well, save it. Yeah, save, save it. it. Um, um, I gotta oh, mention, yeah. I really like the robot dragon. I think that okay, was okay. Yeah, I, I we not talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. I did not like that. I thought that it was. This is where this is where I draw my sword and sorcery line, right? That that to me is beyond sword and sorcery to me, and it kind of takes me out of the element. I don't know why it's there. It's wh- what is it? Who put it there? What, how is it powered? 
stop. I don't like it. You're, there is a how is it powered question. It seems almost like it's a clockwork dragon. Yes. It's uh, a little steampunky, first of all. It's a little steampunky, yet it's emitting no steam. Yep, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> and, and, and I'm okay with it. I don't necessarily need it explained. I just yeah. didn't want it there in the first place. I didn't like it back in the day because I was just like, why didn't you just make it a water monster? Like, those are cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have a theory. I on kind that. of dig it that it, that it that it is a pseudo machine in the same way that like Thongor rides on a weird surfboard helicopter. You know, yeah. not, not <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But it's like when He Man's, you know, they're blasting lasers and there's these weird bits of tech that aren't actually tech. It's just yes. friggin' weird magic, right? Right. Anyway. Uh, so I have a theory on that. I think that they actually made the thing as a, the prop itself, right? And intended it to be, and this is totally my own theory, intended it to be an actual creature. I know. <laughs> it was so this. poorly done. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that they're like, no. it looks mechanical. And then we'll, yeah. be like, well, we'll just say it's mechanical because they, yeah. like, it's not explained at all. And it's just Arnold's like, it's not alive. I yeah. can't kill it. Yeah. Producer yeah, no, guys it's a machine. <laughs> the fight is not good. Um, you don't really see much. There's a lot of splashing, but I just like, I like the idea. I like that, that there, I like that this thing's there. Uh, we we had a giant dinosaur bone bridge and a puppet spider. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally I, I, with you I'm on okay that. I'm okay with those because I I, just, I feel like my my sword and sorcery should be non-mechanical. When you yeah, start putting fair. in clockwork, yeah, that's that's, fair. that's just that's my that's my line. That's where it is. But listen, when I'm like. 10 years old at a public pool and I have a flutter board, what other scene am I going to act out? You know? <laughs> That's true. Okay. Fair That's enough. True. <laughs> Sonia, get out! <laughs> I don't know which girl I was yelling to. But she was probably super impressed by my 10-year-old. I'm sure she was. My moves, right? Like, I was yeah. doing moves. Julie Sue fighting a water monster for you, babe? <laughs> X Games mode. <laughs> did did we officially cover in this that uh, Arnold is is called Kalidor and not Co- we oh, did said it. we mentioned it yeah yeah, yeah. and he yeah. has some sort of lordship of, he's a prince uh, prince Kalidor yeah. yeah yeah which is interesting because they must have been really afraid of a copyright situation because like they could have just called him Kalidor he could have even winked <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not been made a prince he could have just been this wanderer. Could have asked what his name is. Could have been slightly flustered and then made up a name, right? Or, or not had trying. a name, just been like, my yeah. name's not important. Yeah, yeah. That, that actually would have been better. I would have enjoyed that. I swear to God, I have like the best ideas for Red Sonia stuff. Yeah, so no. That's actually, I think that's where I want to go next, is like, there needs to be a future for this character. Yeah. Like a real, like a real solid cinematic future, because... Yeah. And they're trying. Yeah, could be a really good character. Been trying for a long time. Yeah, last going off, it was. Did you guys? Did you guys get a chance to read the blog post that Rimco and Angelina sent us? Uh, I started reading it this morning, and then I I had to actually work my job. Sure. Yeah. No. Um, did you? I, I did because okay. I work from home now, and and I just sit and stare at the computer all day until my eyes bleed. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, it was a good article, and I agree with the premise. Basically, 
um, they were saying that um, spaghetti westerns are a good template for bringing sword sorcery movies to the big screen because they're always small stakes. Yeah. And I think small stakes yeah, is totally. Um, we, you and I have said that, Logan, like a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Mandalorian would be, I mean, it, yes, it obviously Mandal- does the, the Western piece in like, that'd be a great template for a sword and sorcery show. Yeah. Episodic, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, just a wandering sword woman mm-hmm. doing what, you know, I don't know, revenge for something, trying to find her sister, I don't know, not the rape thing. Um, Otherwise known as Xena, warrior princess. Yeah, let's make, yeah. Yeah, there We're you go. I need an episode on that too, but move past it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I think last time we did the chainmail bikini episode, I talked about how I have the ultimate, what I believe, intro for a Red Sonya movie where. Oh yeah. 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 You, know, you, you pay homage to the chainmail bikini. You have her for a purpose. She's in disguise. She's incognito, so she's pretending to be a dancer. Violence breaks out. She slays everyone. She gets cut up, and she decides, "Jesus, that was a bad idea." Gets rid of the thing, right? So you're just kind of winking and showing, "Aha, yes, the chainmail bikini we have scenes right. that look awesome mm-hmm. of it happening." But then you also point out that it's a stupid thing. But now I'm like, okay, so in the sequel to my Red Sonia movie, <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, you've got to, you gotta wink back to the previous film because it's a sequel you got to have a a, a a lesser version of what you had before yeah so she's on a pirate ship right and for whatever reason she's in that chainmail bikini again maybe they caught her unawares or she was i don't know i haven't figured that part out but she's fighting on a pirate ship and these guards from the city come on and they're like gonna fight her and they're all full armored and she's wrecking them, and she's kicking them in the water. They're drowning because they're in full armor. She's not. She gets away. She swims away. Oh. Ah. So now, now the sequel turns it around. Is like the chainmail bikini isn't such a bad idea in very particular instances. Yep. And then I'll even I'm going to even give you a stretch on this. That also is a minor wink to the original story where she sort of rescues the guy out of the water cuz he's drowning a little bit after the battle. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a wink there. I'll give it a you half see? wink. I'm That's working on all these I'm working on these Conan products. Yeah. And I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong place. The yep. Red Sonia people call me. That's right. I wish we were filming this to like share because the pure excitement on Matt's face when he told us that story, <laughs> it was like watching like a little like a little kid describe his favorite thing. <laughs> I came up with that one in the shower this morning, and That's like good. my That's my really best good. ideas, I swear to God, they come to me in the shower. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I didn't use the movie producer voice. I should have. <laughs> uh, it was more sincere when it came from you. Yeah, no, the <laughs> yeah, that was good. Okay, um, I'm glad. Can yeah. we can we buy can we can we afford to buy Red Sonia? Do we have enough in our in our coffers? Yeah, uh, no, Red Sonia's a, she's a little bit she's expensive. Yeah. Not, okay. not, I mean, I don't know. I don't what about know. Solomon Kane? Can I get that? Because that's the one that I want. <sighs> uh, I mean, I'm sure it's I, up for grabs. I, I know whom to ask. So, <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, I actually two dollars and fifty cents or. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, you know, Solomon Kane. I mean, Solomon Kane is one of those dudes who's like he's not widely popular, but those who know him and like him, like, yeah. really dig him. 
Yep. Yeah. I, I would buy that. That would be the IP I would buy. I would also buy Thundar. Yeah. Ah, Who knows? It's that's probably a toy company that owns him. Yeah. If that's yeah. available, I would buy that. And, and I would buy, the other one I would buy. I've said this before. I would buy Gauntlet as well. The the yeah. video game IP. I buy Golden Axe. Oh yeah, Golden Axe is a good one to buy. <laughs> All right, so listeners, if we can crowdfund this and buy uh, Rogues in the House branded Golden Axe Gauntlet, yeah, yeah. Weird, yeah. Weird. Like six hundred likes on a Facebook page. Everyone <laughs> throw one thousand dollars. If you could each give us a million dollars. Oh yeah, that'd be it. Uh. Uh, but uh, yeah, so future of the character. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of room today in the quote unquote woke society and the SJW uh, that people like to hate. Well, look so at much. how good Wonder Woman was. Well, I didn't actually love. Was the fluke. Very, very the, rest of the DC movies are terrible. No, I, Logan, I agree with you there. I'm mad, I'm surprised to hear yeah. that. Well, no, hold on. I like the movie. I thought the third act was god awful. Yeah, that's, yes. that's the climax was not not yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I am excited uh, for the the eight. The, what what is it? Nineteen eighty two or something? I don't know. Whatever it's called. The yeah, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, isn't it? Eighty four. Yeah. So I'm really calling them out there. Nineteen eighty five. Red Sonia Wonder Woman, <laughs> directed uh, by Richard Fleischer. Um, <laughs> but sorry. yeah, uh, I think there's a market. Like, oh god, it, yeah. It, I mean. Uh, yeah, a, a, a heroine at the front of your um, show. I mean, totally. Yep. And, and, I, and I would love the idea, too, because Red Sonja is kind of popular for being like, she's a badass. She's yeah. wrecking in combat, but she also gets wasted mm-hmm. and messes up. Mm-hmm. You know, like Conan ends up, ah, I got too drunk last night, and now I'm in a jail cell. Like, I feel like it doesn't always have to be an infallible, flawless... I do everything by the number female character. Like, I want one... I feel like we're at the point now where you can have a strong female character who also has deep flaws, and she's still super cool and human. Yeah. Right? So, I I don't know. I think you could... I think this is a perfect character to to, to explore. Um, As I said previously, I'd like they not follow that original origin story, because I'm just not... I don't think that's a good basis for a... A motivator. I don't know. What do you guys want to? What do you guys think? Well, I agree. I mean, you have to depart from the origin. I think I, there's yeah. no there's no point to it in today's society. I don't think it adds. Um, but yep, yeah, I I agree. I think uh, you know you got to do it up. I'm trying to think of who we would have uh, be the be the actress. I, I I actually was thinking about this earlier because I knew this was going to come up, and I watched a couple of videos, and I kind of agree. Um, so, like, when we talk Marvel, I know they're huge budgets, but Marvel is not afraid to pull in directors that are, like, I don't know, known for indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Taika Waititi was not a common household name before Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and the director of Spider-Man Far From Home uh, directed, like, indie road movies. Yeah. Um, having an independent director with a creative, like, mm-hmm. eye is also, yeah. like, lowers your cost of budget. Oh, and totally. having a smaller scale story, like we've been talking about, um, also you don't have to like do big CGI monsters and huge battles or like world. Stop in- spending so goddamn much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you don't. I don't. Maybe I don't. I'm not actually a producer, so I don't know. But I feel <laughs> like there's certain things that are horror movies are made for nothing, right? Yeah. 
because they, they keep the locations and the, the exactly they keep the set pieces smaller. Yep. You can tell all kinds of stories in a smaller situation. You can do like, that candle room for like twenty dollars. <laughs> I could go to the dollar store. <laughs> okay. But like when we're talking, like um, Mandy is a fairly low budget movie, oh, and I that really was good. That um, what was that Monster Hunter Viking one that you loved so much? Oh, the uh, uh, I didn't love love it. I well, that's fair. It was, I that's thought it was fair. super cool. Um, Jesus, what was that called? Well, it was still low budget and managed to have cool effects um, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and a good story. And then um, there's one called Iceman that I watched, which is like um, historical caveman stuff. Mm. Uh, it's the Otzi the Iceman, like from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's also, cool. It is cool. It was a good movie, and it was also low budget. Like, it's just dudes in, in furs with yeah. wooden sticks. Yeah. And then you just go to the location and you film it, and it was fine. Like, I know when we're talking small budget, that's still, like, millions of dollars. But it doesn't have to be a billion-dollar movie. Yeah. I mean, you can do a Red Sonja movie for 40 million bucks, and it's going to look great. Yeah. And, yeah. Any, you know, uh, and, and <laughs> I see this all the time. On, I think one of the things that uh, is, like, a real cliche in the sword and sorcery realm of Facebook is that every Robert E. Howard group turns to crap at some point because... The admins don't stop an endless deluge of Red Sonia uh, photo shoots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever else on there, but they're they just speculating random those. women in fantasy attire. Like, yeah, if you like, start yeah. allowing the Red Sonia photos to flood your feed, it becomes just random, like softcore porn. Right, and it's not <laughs> some. If you get a really striking piece of art, I don't care what it is, put it up and write a little something about it. Like, don't just. Right spam images but I, I always see people are casting Sonya and they're always like choosing an actress who has red hair whose dog is flipping yeah, out not my dog it's not mine it's coming from inside the house <laughs> there's no dog here it's the uh, it's the guy from Unsolved Mysteries that looks at your meat or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. meat <laughs> the meat guy <laughs> Uh, but they're they're always suggesting only red-haired actresses, and I'm like, guys. Yeah, right. You don't, hair right. dye is a thing. It, it, it's been a thing. Yep. You can do it. Think of any any uh, uh, physically fit, capable uh, woman who seems like she could swing a sword. Like, but mm-hmm. my my uncreative idea is Catherine Winnick from Vikings because she seems capable with a sword, right? Is that um, the main woman? Yeah, Lagatha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you need a? Um, do you could could you get away with a actress who does not who's not necessarily a powerful uh, line deliverer as a Red Sonia, much in the way of like how uh, like Conan eighty two is right? Just someone like, who's so physical, such as physical presence, you believe her sells the physicality. Correct. I think, yeah, I think you yeah. could. Yeah, I don't. And, and, not... and surround with acting around it and some yeah. like sort and also sort of yeah. like the way the witcher is right yeah um yeah. henry cavill is, is great in it but he's very like f- intentionally flat mm-hmm. right yeah. and that's that's the point of that's kind of the point of him he's kind of just a flat dude yeah. and everything else around him is very dynamic and, and kind of over the top mm-hmm. when uh casting I, I think that was a good casting choice actually matt now that i think about it um 
but like the Sony in the comics is very I don't know like a Baywatch model. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would believe that on screen. No, no, no. So it looks like they're physical, not just yeah. like you don't need that like, at all. It's it, yeah. it, it's more in the personality. I think you need the the rough intensity, uh, the ability to sort of uh, drink your competition under the table in some yep. ways. You know yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. Totally. I, I would I would buy that way more than any physical look. And being able to. S- to to believe to believe the combat is important as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Height height would be good, but you know what? You can fake height. You can easily. fake height. I don't worry about yeah. that. Yeah, don't you don't. That's that. not even a consideration. The person doesn't need to be tall you to make them seem imposing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a direct. That's partially a director's job too. Yep. Be good fight choreography. None of this like quick cut Jason Bourne crap. I, I agree with that, actually. I feel yeah. in a lot of ways that when you do sword and sorcery, you need a heavy sword uh, swing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You need like you need to have weighty combat look. That's why, uh, I, I mean, I really like the Destroyer for that reason, is those sword hacks just seem heavy and yeah. vicious. Yeah. have good choreography. And even, uh, like, back to Deathstalker for a second, like, it actually had... It doesn't have great sword fights, but it has some cool stuff going on there. It's got a lot of cool stuff going but, on. But when you do super quick cuts like that, and sometimes those really work. There's a time and a place for those as well. Like in The Witcher had some really uh, cool sword fights. Probably not realistic, but but you're kind of faking it when you do that. I, yeah, and I don't like them. I actually have a hard time following it. I agree. Yeah, yeah exactly. The bad part of Jason Momoa's um, Conan, the, the yeah. sword fights were bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, they weren't good. Yeah. The the, the one thing There's that I did of, like in, yeah. in, in the Red Sonja movie, the, the this one here, is when Red Sonja and Conan do fight, what happens? They get exhausted. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I think I. I mean, that's kind of where you need that that fight to go, right? You can't have. And I said Conan, if you noticed. Um, <laughs> that you know, you can't have a, a, a clear winner on, on that, obviously. But I thought that that was it was good too, because like that's it's realistic and the it's heavy. It's heavy fighting. Swinging those swords is freaking heavy, so you would yeah. get exhausted. I, I just like that. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, sure. I like wide wide shots where we see the whole thing. Um, going yeah. on samurai like, movie style. I, mean, I, I yeah, like yeah. a little. I like a little of both. You get you start off yeah. with those wide shots. You show some really good choreography followed through in all the moves. Yeah, and yeah. As things as things ramp up, you escalate. It gets faster and faster and vicious and almost comedically fast. Right where the blows are coming in so quick, the ringing steel. Like uh, to me, that's how you do it. You have a bit yeah. of a, a crescendo, right? Yeah. What, um, uh, I was just gonna say, I think the the Russo brothers, like especially on the Winter Soldier, um, yeah, great, great really action in that. Um, yeah, same with Civil War, I think. Um, but yeah, anyway, Alex. What's uh, my my question was because you got me thinking about it, and maybe again this could be a topic for another day. But what's your uh, in any? I'll say any anything. Your favorite sword fight doesn't have to be sword and sorcery, yeah, and if you don't pick Cariolis uh, versus Indigo Montoya. You're picking, you're picking incorrectly. Yeah. That's a real good one. Yeah, yeah, that is. The, the one that always sticks in my mind when I think of a good sword fight actually is Conan the Destroyer 
where it's uh, Arnold and uh, he's protecting the princess from Sven Olthorsen. Uh, yeah, man, I hear you. Like at the rock, like the way they swing, and there's like some mm-hmm. sparks, and you see the whole thing. It's the sparks. They, like charge each sparks other. Sparks. Yeah. yeah, and they and they get that one awesome wide shot where the the girls in the middle dress is blowing in the wind. They're on either end. Yeah. Like as far as a fantasy sword fight goes, mm-hmm. that has all the flavor. And, and, and Logan, I gotta say, man, that's that's the one that sticks out for me. I don't think it's technically the best, but it certainly left an impression on me when I was young. Well, we're gonna have to we'll have to dive into that one too. That's a, yeah, that's that's a good, good topic. Like actually describe and, and talk about a couple of scenes that really stand out. Yeah. I and I would almost like to have someone who is a knowledgeable on the subject a yeah. little bit and, and i actually get a little annoyed with like mm, it's not realistic because like keith could keith be on keith does like that yeah, sure uh, historical role play yeah and we got some hema guys who who've done some stuff and uh i think there's definitely a place for showing some realistic uh parts but but same token we are well, it's entertainment of, too yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's gotta it's gotta play cool for the camera you know right yeah, for sure. Well, it's been a long episode, I feel. It has been a long uh, episode. Holy, it's been very long. Yeah, yeah. So, any cool. other thoughts? Any other thoughts on Red Sonia before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, let's just all yeah give our, our sort of final takeaway here. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go. Um, I, I am a vocal anti-red Sonia person the way she is now i do believe she could be good um as a character as as a heroine um i just think the they i think it's leaned too heavily on eye candy honestly i think that's where i stand with the character now um from what we've described and like our ideal red Sonia movie i would be totally on board with that stuff but someone's got to be like we're not doing this anymore mm-hmm. and we're just right. waiting for that person yeah i mean i'm kind of with you uh somewhat like i've i like the idea of red sonia and i yeah. but i will even admit to liking the aesthetic i like that you've got some amazing artists like san julian and uh oh, Jen- yeah. jenny friesen who do such striking cover art um, and, and like, even as silly as it is in that shame bikini, the, the power of the paintings is undeniable. And so even on that angle, I'm cool with it. But if that's your sales pitch, um, you got to have more under the hood. And, and I'm not saying like, I've read some, uh, I have read some red Sonia comics, which were entertaining and fun and good. And I'm sure there's plenty more out there that are, are great. Um, I mean, yeah, I've shared my thoughts on the sort of things I'd want to see going forward, um, and maybe we'll get there. But yeah, I'm not. I, I am more into the idea rather than the execution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My 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 take on it. I'm pretty much the same. Um, the The world could use a amazingly good, strong, intense swordswoman. Right, mm-hmm. I think I think that that we all can agree that that like that would be something that we all would want to see. We would all we put money down, whether it's a movie or a Netflix series or whatever. Um, you know, there's there's a place for sexualizing 
both men and women, right? Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And if that's what yeah. you want to do with it, then that's what you want to do with it. I think it's a waste of an IP um, to kind yeah. of take so that approach exclusively. I think that, you know, there's probably room for both, just like there's probably mm. room to do other weird things with Conan as well, right? If you yeah. wanted to, to take that angle. Um, so, I don't know. I would like something very raw and gritty and, and good, and it portrayed just a kick-ass woman swordsman doing, uh, you know, killing monsters and demons and all that other good stuff and evil sorcerers. Yeah. And, and to add, oh, go ahead. Well, I just, uh, to add to Alex's, I want a bit of humor. I don't want, like, s silly camp. Yeah. But we should be able to laugh at this. Like, there's, there's a sense of humor in those. Sure. Um, like, that's picture I posted today where you can clearly see she's responsible for the flame and the carnage in the background she's drinking wine and throwing emeralds behind her mm -hmm. you know with abandon mm -hmm. like that kind of a thing I, i'd like to see a bit of that right yeah yeah and it, it's all in it's all in the execution right you don't yeah. have to you know they they've creators have gotten very good to a point now where they can keep it serious and tight and then throw that one little line in or that's that exactly little reaction that you just sort of get that little snort chuckle yeah, you know, and you're like, nice, yeah. and then it's I, back to being intense. A lot of what the issue I have with things like Deathstalker and whatever is because in the '80s they saw Conan the Barbarian and they decided they didn't know how to do it, so they're going to make it stupid, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And like, you gotta treat your property with some respect, right? It's not just a yeah. joke, right? But uh, everything, everything from Game of Thrones, um, yeah, like yeah. has can have those lighter moments yeah, where totally. you're like. Oh damn, Tyrion, that was funny, like or something yeah. like that, or damn, Ron, that was a like, good to moment. Pithy yeah. and memorable, like they're just mm -hmm. there's good moments, and it's important too because even the most evil of characters have to be, you know, lighter at some point, right? You can't yeah. just yeah. always be evil, right? Yeah. There has to be something that's humorous in your day. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, to those listening, thank you. I think this is probably one of our longer episodes, so that's exciting and, and fun. We had a lot of fun doing this. Um, let us know your thoughts on, on Sonya. Let us know what you'd like to hear, see um, for the character. Let us know what you'd like to hear from us. Uh, let us know if you want to give us a million dollars each so that we can buy the IPs that we want and create the movies that we want to make. And, and tell us how hard you're anticipating the Deathstalker episode. That's <laughs> so much. And, and really, the, the name of the game is to get Logan to do things that he doesn't want to do. <laughs> so if you can have, if you have any other good suggestions around, <laughs> anyway. So we we always appreciate uh, your listenership. We appreciate you guys. I know we don't do this uh, quite as frequently as we as we wish we could, uh, but we do still have fun doing it. We love putting stuff out, um, and. May your swords always remain sharp.